0: Welcome to Kid Tech, the podcast series that interviews the people behind the digital kids media space, and often other adjacent ones as well. Today, finally, I am with Darren Garnum, CEO of MTW Toys, which is a distributor of Thinkway Toys. Welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Finally. I, I, I know. I've wanted to have you on this since uh, the very beginning uh, of the, the podcast series. Uh, you and I go way back. Um, we do. Many lifetimes, which we're going to talk through a few of. Um, would you like to, for the audience though, introduce yourself and um, tell us about um, what is MTW, what are Thinkway, what do you do, and also how did you get here? Wow,
1: what a good question. Uh, so MTW have been um, a distributor of toys and, and working predominantly and very closely uh, with Thinkway in Europe for a number of years. Uh, and more recently expanding into other markets. Um, so, we've got uh, different locations uh, and different offices uh, around Europe uh, working with, well, for me, the best in the business being Thinkway Toys, the best innovators, um, really the people that whenever I had brands to sell, they were the ones I was trying to actually sell it to. Right. Uh, and frankly, I, I couldn't get through the door. Um, because there was nothing big enough really um, to, to satisfy. They look after blue chip brands working with the best in the business. Um, how did I get here? Yeah, a bit of a potted graph really. I mean fell in fell into this entertainment licensing world straight out of retail, working for Tesco's. Uh, worked for a company called Four Kids Entertainment, uh, run by a gentleman called Al Khan. Um, so joined Al as a very um, fresh-faced 21-year-old out of university. Uh, seven years there and was lucky enough to work on the biggest brands. I mean, Al bought Pokemon mm. out of Japan, mm. um, bought Yu-Gi-Oh, uh, managed Ninja Turtles before it was sold to Viacom. So really working, and Cabbage Patch Kids, so really working on some of the biggest brands uh, in the world at that time and looking at outside of America. So I really cut my teeth in Europe with that company. Moved from there to a startup in Denmark that just bought an Eastern European company. Uh, so ran five offices throughout Eastern Europe, uh, opening an office in Moscow as part of that, which is probably a discussion
0: over it's a. It's per- probably a separate episode. It, <laughs> I
1: think it is, yes. uh, and then really hit a crossroads. So. Um, We're going back to probably 2009, Mm. and I had two opportunities. Uh, One was to join Chapman Entertainment, to join Keith and the team who were rocking and rolling uh, with Rory, the racing driver, and and kids' brands like that, Um, obviously the founder of Bob the Builder, or to join a a punky little startup in Battersea called Mind Candy. Uh, There were eight people in the office in Mind Candy at that time. Uh, The office was like a six-form common room. Uh, and it, it was the uh, non-safe, I'd say, of the two options, hmm. but it, it really spoke to me as an entrepreneur uh, and things that I like to do, get in early and try and build things. Right. So I joined Mind Candy, and I'm sure we'll, we'll go through that journey. Certainly will. Um, from Mind Candy, then spent some time at Universal Studios, um, looking managing Amir from the brand licensing standpoint, uh, a fantastic almost 12 months there. Learning a lot from Vince and the team, and mm. um, good growth, and that was pre DreamWorks acquisition, um, and then and then into into the toy world. I think if you look at all of those steps, each one is slightly different from licensing into mm. digital, and and now into a more physical space, mm. uh, and that's just my DNA wanting to wanting to learn what's behind the corner
0: so you've seen i think you're you're incredibly unusual and pretty unique from anyone i know in the kid space it, it, to exactly that point right you you have seen so many different dimensions of kids content from creation licensing um everything in between to the physical product um it's 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 quite a spectrum
1: yeah 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 and, and i think i mean listen now being a dad of Two, three, two, and so, yeah. a, three, <laughs> um, newly third. The content now, from when I started, I mean, God, twenty years ago, which is insane. Uh, I mean, where kids are consuming their content now yeah. is is, is uh,
0: incredible. I want to come back to that point, but you you mentioned history, so um, let's let's start there. You were in Mind Candy for about six or seven years. Yeah, that's right. And, and I mean, again, that could just be an entirely separate episode. Um, and I, I'd love to get Michael on, you know, at some point to, 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 to tell the story. Yeah. Um, what do you feel were Mind Candy's biggest achievements? Because they contributed so much towards the digital kid space.
1: Oh, God, it's a great... It depends what you... What's an achievement? I mean, I, I was looking, knowing I was coming on here to do this with you, I was looking through some old stuff the right. other day.
0: Mm.
1: Uh, and up on my Time Hop, which is a, an app that, mm. that brings together different social media streams, came up um, six years ago, seven years ago. I was in Ohio, just about to pitch a US retailer called Justice to become on board to be our US partner. Mm. And. Um, <laughs> on my Twitter is that the, a lady had come over to me seeing my Moshi presentation over my shoulder and thanking me for teaching her kids flags of the world. Now, is that an achievement? Or uh, my favorite achievement is that we did a license deal with Pez dispensers <laughs> <laughs>
0: that,
1: that I still have in my office at home. And for, for me, that's a massive achievement um, because really they're a company that only go after the best of the best IP. Right. So I, I think we, we achieved so, so much. I mean, we, we went from an, an unknown mm. to having the number one kids magazine in the UK, mm. published magazine in an industry at the time that was, which was really struggling mm. uh, versus digital. I think we got up to selling a quarter of a million magazines a month, which was outselling Grazia magazine at the time. Uh, we bought out a music album. I wanna, That's right, I'd forgotten that, about that. That I want to say got to number six in the charts, wow. um, but I have a gold disc at home um, from Sony. Um, I, personally, one of my biggest achievements is the movie deal we did with Universal. Mm. Um, because we, we had a couple of roots, and, and I think we'll, I'll come back to this with Mind Candy, the uniqueness as a licensor. Mm. We, we had a couple of routes to do most deals but we never really went down the traditional path. Right. Uh, And that was just the the ability of a startup to do things differently. Um, So with a movie deal, normally you would, I'm not gonna say give away your rights, but you'll do a deal where the movie studio will make the movie, distribute the movie, uh, and take a lot of the back end. But the the way we would structure our deals would be to actually Hmm. co-invest, produce ourselves. Um, and, and really just the belief in what we were doing mm. to make sure that we...
0: So, so just on the movie deal point, so typically, as you say, I mean, a, a someone like a Sony normally would finance the whole thing. Correct. So they would finance the the, the, the production, the shooting, distribution, marketing, and they might, maybe they would pay you something for the option and then you will get a back-end or, or something like that, I would guess, from a licensing point of view. Yeah, correct, and, and then you'll get sort of
1: a future airing fees uh, whether it's aired i mean I, actually i saw two christmases ago the moshi movie is on channel four on christmas morning hmm. which is which is great yeah I mean, obviously yeah. i watched a muppet's christmas and <laughs> 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 uh, not my own movie but but uh, i mean that's the lovely thing again we'll come back to content but if yeah. you have a decent slab of content then yeah. the tale is
0: fantastic right so how did so, so maybe just talk about that because that's an interesting point i mean again you you created so many you, precedence in the space so on that movie deal was was that mind candy financing that or was that sony financing that so you say you 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 co-finance but how did you split that up
1: yeah i mean we we produced we paid for the uh yeah yeah we paid for the production i think it was down in cornwall we had a studio of 36 people uh we made the movie we made it in i'm gonna say nine or ten months and then we had some editing on top of that Uh, and then we supplied a a finished movie for distribution wow um Was it the right thing to do? I don't know. Uh, Would the content have been better? Mm. Uh, Not with someone that was making their first movie ever? Possibly. Mm. Um, But I think it showed that we were trying to do things differently.
0: And I, I guess that sort of takes me to a related point. Like, if you were going back in time and you could advise your then self... On, on on Hey, here are the lessons you're going to learn during the the Mashi Monsters Mind Candy journey. What what were the most important things? What would you have done differently?
1: Um, content, 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 content. In, in, I mean, in terms
0: of, of of what it was or where it was living, or uh, a bit of both. I okay. think
1: if we we were very detailed of what we'd produced on the web, yeah. I and mean, it was a phenomenal product. I mean, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I, I remember being in the office. When we had a hundred and forty thousand signups in a day, I mean it was, I mean it was a lightning in a bottle. Yeah. Um, but we didn't. The the audience when they weren't in our ecosystem uh, within the website, obviously were then consuming other brands outside of the, the sure. ecosystem. Yeah. So they were with Nickelodeon or Turner or Disney or whoever it might be, mm. uh, and we didn't have a presence on those platforms. Uh, and I and I think. True to this day, I think if you really want to, I'm not going to say own an audience, but really give, particularly kids, um, true value for the IP they love, you have to be seen on multiple platforms. Mm. And we really mm. contained ourselves to one. Um, a little bit later, we did put stuff on YouTube, we put music videos on, right. but that that long form or traditional 13, 26-minute yeah. episodes, which... Kids still consume to this day, uh, we didn't really back as well as we could have done.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: And, and, and I think that also, and again, we'll probably touch on upon sort of, Moshi was a, a behemoth in, in the UK and Australia but didn't really swim past those shores.
0: Why, why Why did Moshi never break the US? I mean, it was... Because if you look at what was, you know, the 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 broadly equivalent games the kids of that um, cohort were playing at the time, you know, you had things like Pop Tropica, you had, you had a lot of games that were very broadly similar. Yeah. Right? Why Why didn't Moshi... Because you tried a couple of times, I think. Yeah,
1: right? we tried a couple of times. And again, I mean, uh, if you go back to... What, a, what am I proud of? What are the achievements? Mm. Uh, I think launching Moshi in Times Square with Michael <laughs> uh, and, and turning up to 500 children in a line waiting to meet Michael uh, in Times Square in New York was incredible. I mean, so incredible that the CEO at the time, Jerry Storch, physically came down to see the queue wow. because it, it was unheard of. Normally, we were told that kids turn up to meet their heroes. They turn up to meet the Power Rangers. They right. turn up to meet Bob the Builder, right. uh, but they don't turn up to meet the creator of something. Uh, and that was very that was very special. Michael was incredible with his time and dedication to the audience, and that really I think spoke to the fan base as well and the parents mm. of the fans of that of their brand.
0: Mm. And do you think like uh, I guess a lot of the sort of the industry narrative about Moshi was that. It was sort of mobile and smartphone and tablet where the transition wasn't made. Because it was obviously, it started as, as sort of a desktop web based property. Do you feel it was that, or was it more about video and not embracing things like YouTube earlier?
1: Yeah. I mean, again, this is a hindsight's a great thing. Of it's course. A, yeah. it's, a, it's a personal view, really. I mean, yeah. Michael probably have a different one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure he would. Um, but yeah, I mean, video was. For for me was a, a key missing component. I think as we as we moved into mobile, it's tricky because mm-hmm. if, if you want to monetize mobile, mm-hmm. it's tricky to monetize kids. Mm-hmm. And our audience was really a poor demographic from six to twelve, which in itself was quite a, a band right. uh, a bandwidth. And to monetize that audience at the time was very unusual. I mean, we're going back now to 2010,
0: 2011.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, now my own kids, I mean, they spend their pocket money in, right. in Minecraft and Roblox. And and I'm okay with that. Mm. I mean, maybe that's just because I'm, I've been in this digital space. Um, but yeah, that transition using what was predominantly known as a kid's IP uh, in a mobile game was a tricky transition. Um, and we built match three games Mm. which really the candy Crush and the things that king were doing were aimed at an adult audience i mean they're they're aimed at predominantly female audience from 21 to 35 um that wasn't really where our audience was going to monetize Yeah,
0: yeah yeah and do you like do you feel that something like amashi monsters would be possible today to create and 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 if I mean if you were starting a kids IP today, right? Um, would you start it from a games base or from a video base?
1: Oh, that's a good question. I, I think if you look at some of the most successful brands, and I'm, I'm looking at girl brands, Moshi is very unique. Um, Having grown up and cut my teeth with Pokemon, yeah. Moshi was very Pokemon esque right. in that it talked to boys and girls. Mm. That's very rare for an mm. IP to do that, and that really is why it was so big. And so it was it was
0: sort of fairly well balanced. It's it, fairly it? well balanced. Yeah, mm. it's fairly well balanced. 50, right.
1: 50. and right. I, and and I think we we offered obviously as you came into the platform, we offered you one of six monsters, Yeah, yeah. and some were more more. Girl-led than than sure. the others, and, yeah. um, so that that really offered the, the the consumer and the fan something to get into. Um, but if we now fast forward, I think coming off the back of Moshi, to answer that, how would you launch an IP? Mm. I mean, I'm going to put Shopkins, which came not far after Moshi. Mm, that's right. Um, yeah. As a real collectible, I'm not saying Moshi kickstarted the collectible because P- Panini stickers were. Right. <laughs> sure. long long before yeah. but certainly that girl collectible we set a bar of what could be done um and moose did a phenomenal job um and they really launched that from a toy mm. that then went into content hmm. and if you look at what isaac and mga are smashing it at the moment sure, yeah. um with lol and various other things and again they're coming at it from a toy to start with yeah into content i think isaac's just announced that he's done a a content deal for uh for LOL, so it's um Isaac can answer a lot of things, yeah. Uh, Scott, he he's a he's a he's <laughs> a one man
0: <laughs> machine, but um, so, so you think today in 2019 that you could build you could create a new kids' IP from going from physical product, physical consumer goods into digital content? That's that's still yeah, yeah I
1: think absolutely, yeah. I think that's more more than a more than a viable option. I think if you look at um, some of the toy codes and the way they spend their marketing money mm. um, I mean let's look at let's look at Moose and Spin Master just for a second mm. as, as toy Cos. I mean Moose made a lot of money away from toys in licensing right of Shopkins right now I mean, for me, that's almost that's profitable marketing.
0: Yeah yeah, um, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. And Moose, the same with Paw Patrol.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, uh, spin Master, sorry, with Paw Patrol.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, so it, it, these toyco's are really wised up to, if we build our own brands, not only can we spin them off into other licensed products, but we can spin them off into other content areas as well.
0: Right. And one of the things that is interesting that, that I'm seeing with, Many, not all, but certainly many toy companies today is that they seem to, to have shifted from using video and YouTubers and creators and influencers as their marketing strategy into almost completely embracing them as a product strategy, right? So you're seeing more and more Toycos that are doing deals with actual YouTubers and creating product lines out of them and things like that. Yeah. Is that, what do you, how do you think about that? Because that's, that's sort of... Um, is is that you know marketing becoming product? Is that a reflection of something else? Yeah. How do from your standpoint, what do you think? Uh, I think
1: it's uh, I think it's. <laughs> I mean, let's look at Ryan's World right. for a second. I mean, I was with the guys at Pocket Watch in LA, mm. um, just as they're moving to their new offices and taking their funding, and mm. and Ryan, I think that week had just overtaken Minecraft at Walmart for the number one selling apparel T shirt. Right. Yeah. I mean what I mean mm. this is a this is a seven eight year old kid that that is his YouTube channel turned into a profit center <laughs> um, fantastic I, I do think we're, we're definitely going to see more of that right. um, again my kids will watch Ryan's world they'll watch uh, oh, there's a couple more that they'll watch as well but they'll also watch the the, the older content um, the moose crafts and um, the. Right. Uh, uh, and then, now we're coming into a tricky area because, again, for, for Christmas, they asked for a Moosecraft T-shirt. Hmm. Uh, and this hmm. is, uh, I don't know how old this guy is who's doing his, his videos on YouTube, but he's hes not seven or eight. <laughs> right, <laughs> So, right. right. Um, but we're definitely going to see more of these content creators. My, my thing with any of these things with, with kids is there's a life cycle. Right. And again, if you come back to the, the, the pros and the cons and successes or failures of Moshi, we, we entered a life cycle the minute that website went live. Mm. Now, how long is that life cycle? Um, how do you bolster it with content? Mm. Um, again, I was looking at uh, NPD knowing I was coming in to talk to you, and I posted on Instagram last night. If you look at when Moshi was number one for two years running above Star Wars, etc., what other brands from 2010, 2011 are still mm. in those top 10?
0: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: Pepper's still in there, Star Wars is still in there. Little Tykes is still in there, I mean, we're, we're back mm-hmm. to Isaac. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Because they continue to invest in, in content and product innovation, so. But those YouTubers, what's the life cycle of, of Ryan? Like, will he still wanna do it when he's 11? Right. Um, so, I, I don't know. It's,
0: it's, it's, it, a, it, it, it's, it's an interesting time in this landscape.
1: It is. It is, and and again, I just hope that these content creators, I hope they're they're well looked after, yeah, uh, in yeah. terms of investment for their future,
0: right. And let me stay with toys for a second, um, and let's talk about retail, yeah, um, because obviously, you know, with the the, the Toys R Us demise um, in the US, but also here, sort of over the last kind of twenty four months. We've seen quite a shift in, in in where toy distribution and toy retail sales are going on the high street. Yeah. Um, can you, a lot of our listeners are in the US, can you kind of give sort of a run through of what the retail landscape at this point for toys looks like in the UK and Europe uh, as you've experienced it?
1: Yeah, of course. Yeah, I mean, Toys R Us. Uh, I mean, it was a big hit. Mm. I, I, so I think it was a big hit just for the industry as a statement. Mm. Um, I, I'm not going to say necessarily for where consumers can can, right. can get their toys. Yeah, but as a as a as a tent pole for the industry, um, if you would lined up all of the retailers where you could buy toys, uh, and you, I, I, I'd hesitate to say if you asked ten people, they would have said Toys R Us eight out of ten. Yeah. Um, so that going was, it was a real shock. I think it allowed other people to, to step in and up their game. Mm. If you look at, I mean, if you look at, I'll look at the UK just for a second. I'm sure. Um, I think the likes of, of The Entertainer and Smiths have done a, a mm. phenomenal job. Mm. Um, I think some of the wider retailers, and, and Argos, I'll put them in there. I think some of the wider retailers have, have changed their strategies uh, in toy. Mm. Um, and uh, listen, there, there's, uh, I, I wrote a small report I sent it to you, <laughs> on macro-micro-economic factors. But, I mean, we can look at uh, the currency fluctuations. Mm-hmm. We can look at consumer spending. Mm-hmm. We can look at, dare we say, Brexit at the moment. Um, I mean, it's, there's so many factors that are now coming into this boiling pot mm-hmm. that we didn't have five years ago. I mean, it, literally, if we if we step back five years ago, Toys R Us was still a viable sure. business across Europe.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, well, Europe was still a viable business to the UK. Right? Well,
1: that's right. Yeah, yeah. But it's not. It, and again, it's not. This isn't just in the UK. Mm. I mean, in Scandinavia, Top Toy, who is the biggest uh, toy retailer, I mean, they're no longer with us. Mm. Um, and I think not. It, it, it hasn't been picked up in mm. in, in, in its totalitarian. Right. And so when Woolworths disappeared. And I'm sure my age now. I was actually in the Woolworths building the day it closed. Uh, and they handed me a pick and mix bag and said, help yourself on the way out. <laughs> <laughs> that <laughs> um, but that that business definitely wasn't sucked up to the rest of the industry. That's interesting. It, it, it took time for it to fall out and find its feet.
0: So, I mean, in the interim, is more of this getting gobbled up by Amazon? Or are those toys just not getting bought? Or how, how's the market playing out here?
1: Um, it's... It, it, it's all of the above,
0: mm. plus
1: toys are getting younger. Yeah. Um, again, as a, as a dad of, uh, what are we, seven and nine, mm. uh, as well as 14 weeks. But I can say that the seven-year-old, again, if we go back five, six years ago, I mean, he would have had a Christmas list probably now. Yeah. Uh, right. He would have known. He would have been circ- right. circling stuff. He would have been seeing adverts. Um, but he, he just doesn't see it anymore. Hmm. Um so they're not being served this content as well as or as frequently as they used to because they're not where that content has been seen
0: yeah, yeah.
1: Um, and they're just not asking for toys i mean they're, they're asking for video games, they're asking for in-app purchases they're they're oh. asking for for other things so the the toy market has definitely shrunk hmm. there's no doubt about that and and boys in particular, boys are difficult to reach
0: hmm.
1: um, if you If you look at those top ten toys over the last few years. It is going to be outside of the big movies. It's going to be dominated by girl collectibles. Right, right. Dominated.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And when you you mention reach, which is interesting, like as there's so much fragmentation going on, you know, across digital, you know, everywhere. Yeah. Right. How do you like? I suppose with your with your marketing hat on, how do you think about sort of reaching an audience that is getting ever more elusive? Um, and and arguably, sort of, are less interested by what you're what you're trying to reach them with.
1: Yeah, God, it's, I mean the, the marketing mix. It, it, if you go back to the, the, the five or the six Ps, yeah. I mean, how many are there now? Right. I mean, I, I'd love to see a chart of how many Ps there are now. Um, it, it's it's just not as simple as that anymore. I mm. mean, it, there used to be uh, a decent flight TV campaign would hit your audience enough. Um, frankly, now if you get the right influencer on board, mm. um, that can mm. be as powerful, if not more powerful, um, because you're, you're using a trusted base. Right. I mean, personally, we use a very we use a real mix. We still use TV. You can't, you can't ignore right. it. Right. Um, and actually, I was talking to somebody the other day who said that for their product, Facebook is almost the, the return on investment isn't there anymore. Mm. So they're going back to TV.
0: That's interesting. Why did they say that?
1: Um, they just felt that the, the, the they tweaked and iterated as hard as they could of the current user base right. uh, on Facebook. Yeah. And they weren't getting... They, they'd seen a great spike yeah. uh, and, and a good over a good period of time, but yeah. now it's d- diminishing returns. Huh. So they're going back to TV, which we're not there.
0: And is, is is does TV for you represent reach or is it more of a cost factor now?
1: Um, yeah, it, I mean, it, absolutely. It does give you reach, but... Yeah. All, all charts will show yeah. that, that that TV's waning uh, compared to other platforms.
0: Yeah, because you used back in Mind Candy. I remember you using TV. Wow, well,
1: yeah. uh, I can tell you, we used TV too. I I remember sitting watching uh a cartoon network one morning and we had every spot in between the outbreaks and it wasn't just us it was it was us and vivid and tops and mm-hmm. uh and our game time cards and our magazine i mean we were we were saturating it was it was too much mm-hmm. um but yeah we went god we love tv mm. i think going back to your point of why didn't why didn't we bring and break america mm. because TV over there was significantly more expensive Mm. than it was in the UK to reach Mm. an audience. Mm. Um, so yeah. Do do, do you think,
0: um, digital engagement with kids or any kind of engagement with kids is harder now than it was before? Yeah. Yeah. Does that mean, does that mean more expensive or does it just mean harder? Harder. Right. Yeah.
1: It's just so, it's, it's just extremely fragmented.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um,
1: and listen, I'm sat in your your office, uh, having drinking your water. And listen, super awesome, and you're doing a phenomenal job for the industry. And that's not just because you're sat in front of me, but uh, listen, you guys have done a phenomenal job for the entertainment industry and for Toy Coast because you you've given us an ability to to reach that audience, which were either difficult to reach or or incredibly fragmented. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, I mean, we still use. Traditional media companies um, for for different TV flights and spots, but I mean, you guys are definitely ahead of that curve of where the kids were moving to. Um, and what do they what do they say? Get up, get on the wave before it is a wave, rather than trying to get on the top.
0: It's always been the objective. Um, and I mean, you, you know, you talk going back to fragmentation on why kids are fragmented and what they're spending their times their time doing. Are toy companies? investing in the right things because it's sort of everything we've described right in terms of the landscape it seems like like if a toy company was thinking for the sort of the next 10 years' be, be thinking much more about digital experiences and content and things like that do you, do you feel in general as an industry that the, the, the toy sector is thinking the right way?
1: No no I think uh, I think more and more marketeers that move across from digital companies into toycos
0: yeah.
1: will will make a difference right um, So again we go back to a marketing mix. I mean, I, I'm seeing, I'm seeing different toy I mean, I, I saw one this week using Lad Bible, uh, where their video was featuring on Lad Bible, hmm. but it was it was a girl skewed toy, and it was like that's. I mean, for me, that's fascinating. Wow. Um, because where's like what's the strategy of that? Yeah. Is yeah. that a test or? So I, I do think we'll see more and more crossover. I saw another Toyko advertising between the Premier League football on Sky, which, again, I thought, what a fascinating place, um, because predominantly you would advertise towards mums, yeah. not, not dads, right. as, as the rightly or wrongly, uh, as <laughs> the, sort of the, the minder of the purse at home. Um, so, yeah, I, I mean,
0: and we're trying, I mean, listen, we're trying different things, mm. but, um, yeah. How, how do you think about Amazon in all of this? I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I'm guessing they're a big sort of um, purchasing partner for you. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah. But but even I mean, how they operate logistically is different from conventional retail chains, right? I mean, how can you sort of give a general sense to to, to how you think about Amazon?
1: Yeah, I, I, I think they're. Um, <laughs> I think I was with them this morning, so they're <laughs> <laughs> fresh in your mind. They are fresh in my mind. Yeah, um, I think there's two ways that I look at it. One, okay. I look at it as a professional, um, and we. There's a there's a lot of bricks and mortar companies out there, mm. particularly the toy specialists. If we look at those toy specialists, uh, 360, really pushing, um, showing your toys off as best as they can be mm. um, in public. I mean, all of the Thinkway toys that we work with come with a a try me thing. that you can't you can't right. you can't yeah. hit a try me button on 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 any digital platform. Yeah. Um, so it's it's still really important to have that to support everybody. Amazon are definitely growing. Mm. Um, their strategy in the toy space, I'm, I'm going to say, if we go back a, three or four years, it wasn't a priority. Um, the buyers uh, at Amazon are now more and more coming from toy, mm. um, uh, asking the right questions as opposed to uh, just looking at algorithms, which, mm. listen, they're still very important. Um, but... So, yeah, listen, they're, they're an important piece of the mix. There's no doubt about that. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I do think those 360 toy companies that are growing are, are so important still to support. Yeah.
0: Um,
1: and in the US, I mean, I'm not too sure where that will come from. But whether, whether the toys are us, if Richard and the team can, can I, I, I hope they succeed because it's, uh, it's missing at the moment, I think, over there.
0: Yeah, there's certainly more infrastructure needed in the kids space in general, not just on retail. Um, I want to shift gears completely, and I want to talk about sleep and relaxation. Hey, fantastic. Um, You are an angel investor in Calm. Yes. Yes. uh, which was founded by Chewy and Michael Acton-Smith. It was, yeah. Um, and we had Ian Chambers on the show a few episodes back, and he was talking about some of the experiments that Mind Candy is currently doing with Mashi Twilight. Yeah. Um, how do you think in the kid space that sleep and meditation is going to get started, is, is beginning to get sort of baked into products and, and, and product thinking? Do you think that's that, that's sort of one of the next waves? A hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. I mean, unless... The, uh,
1: I mean, being uh, being with Michael and Chewy from from day one, mm. it has been an unbelievable ride. And I, I look at what they're doing in awe. Uh, and listen, before we came on, uh, their, their focus to win in that space is is phenomenal. So yeah. uh, hats off to them. I think what Ian, and I mean, I'm still in contact with Ian and the Mind Candy team, the positivity that comes from both of those products. That there's no negative... Mm. there's no negative connotations if you're not if you've got a product and you're saying listen we're we're gonna bring sleep into your family where it might not be mm. oh I can tell you as a as, as a dad of a 16 week old I'm having it yeah where do I sign up um, I mean we use both those products nightly at home mm. uh, and they work mm. um, I think Ian and the guys are using Again, we're we're coming into content. We've gone mm-hmm. through. We've got full circle. It's content now. Will that? What do those products look like? Absolutely, there's a breakaway product away from that platform and away from that content for Moshi. Mm-hmm. Uh, whether it's cuddly toys you bring to bed, or whether it's the bedding you bring with us, whether it's the bath products mm-hmm. you use before the kids go to bed, it's it's not a it, it's not a toy collectible. Sure. Yeah. yeah. However um does it have more depth does it have more longevity yeah absolutely Mm. because it's i mean what do we everybody sleeps every day um so i I do think that the depth of content they're building is Mm. is really really strong
0: Mm. the um i'm gonna hit you with one final question to wrap up um this episode and um you touched on uh You know, your kids not being as wildly excited about toys this year um, (laughs) versus things like Roblox and and, and everything else. What do you think um, is in store for the toy sector over the next uh, 12 months? Let's take it. I mean, are there any surprises that you see lurking? Are there any interesting up and coming companies that you see? Um, What do you think the next 12 months looks like? What is Darren Garham's crystal ball?
1: (laughs) Um, Up-and-coming companies. Listen, you wouldn't put MGA as up-and-coming because they've come up and and, and they're continuing to to rise. (laughs) I mean, the likes of Zuru, the likes of Moose, the likes of Jazzwares. I mean, these are all impressive. Mm. If you come under that top tier, and God, Isaac's going to call me the minute he listens, but if you come under that top tier of Hasbro, Mattel, and Lego, Mm there's some punchy companies Mm. underneath that. Um, I think if one or two of them were to come together, Mm. uh, it would rock the industry.
0: Interesting. Are you predicting consolidation? No.
1: (laughs) (laughs) uh, You couldn't get those founders in the same room, (laughs) let alone a pen to paper. Um, uh, I think, uh, I mean, Lego's still still doing its thing. Uh, And again, I I think if you look at Lego's uh, where they they pivoted some of their stuff into an adult mm, space. Mm. Uh, I think that's genius. I mean, there's not many Toycos that... Uh, I'm, I'm going to put Funko in there as well, actually. Mm, mm. Funko have got a, a brilliant ability to capture the kids and the adults. Um, and mm. actually, I th- think we do it as well. I mean, we, we've got a whole collector's edition right. uh, for Toy Story. Um, so not only do we aim at these kids seeing Toy Story for the first time ever... Um, because it's a new generation, but we've got these collectors that will come in and buy one, buy two, keep one boxed in the loft and play right, with right, right. Um So, yeah, I, I do think that the Toycos are going to have to start looking at a wider spread of an audience mm. um, because you, we can't all be looking at five and below because that's going to start to get a very busy, busy, busy space.
0: Yeah, you run out of audience as you do. well.
1: Yeah, absolutely right. And, and again, if you look at the Marvel movies, I mean, sure. what, a, what a great business that is. I mean, yeah. you, you can't not bet on Disney when they just, oh, is it their sixth movie this year, just past a billion dollars. Uh, it, it's tricky, tricky to bet against them. <laughs> but I, I do to, to your point, I mean, if you look at the entertainment industry, the consolidation with Disney, with Pixar, Lucas, mm. Marvel, um, uh, now Fox, mm. um, with Universal, uh, bringing in DreamWorks, I think that consolidation is going to continue. Mm. Um, the, the big play, uh, I think in all of them they're missing at the moment is that, that mobile piece. right? I mean Microsoft are great to get Minecraft. Um, I mean, Roblox is, is up and open. Mm, uh, mm. I mean, if I had a bottomless check and I was in one of those companies, I'd be going after that. Absolutely. Hard.
0: Yeah. yeah, yeah,
1: um, yeah. But uh, whether they had to afford it, and I mean, it, it just keeps growing.
0: So. It's, it's a big number. I mean, I think both you and I have been telling people to take out a checkbook for probably about the last four <laughs> or five years. Um, but, yeah, it's quite quite a phenomenon.
1: Yeah. And, know, and that, yeah. again, I'm, I'm going to go back into me just being dad as well as as well as in the industry, that's a product that my kids have been on for four years. Hmm. Uh, I can't tell you what TV show they've been watching for four years. Right. But they've been they've been playing that and spending money in it for four years.
0: So future trends, there will be no toy consolidation, but if you can invest in Roblox, you should go back in time and do so immediately. Absolutely. There you go. <laughs> well, Darren, um, Garam, CEO of MTW Toys, thank you very much for joining us uh, on the Kid Tech show thank today. Thank you.